Hello and welcome. We are the Ladies of Strange. I'm Ashley. I'm Tiffany. And I'm Rebecca. Thank you for joining us each week as we discuss the history, mystery, and theory of all things questionable, odd, and eerie. What's up? What's up? It's September. We can start putting out fall stuff now. <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad you had that realization. I did just now. We, I mean, <laughs> we know. Oh, I know what I'm doing when I not when I get home. No, we get home late. Tomorrow. You guys do. <laughs> you guys ready to learn some cool stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Did you find the cool stuff? I did find the cool stuff. Okay. So we've learned about the Muter Museum and the Winchester Mystery House, which is on a list of like cool museums to go to. Now let's learn about some other cool museums. Is the Winchester House considered a museum? Though? It is. Apparently it was on all the listicles. Oh, yeah. But you guys want to know where we're starting on our tour? I'm pretty sure it's a museum. It is a museum. Georgia. No. Still not a museum. Um, in the Penis Museum. The museum. <laughs> in uh, Sweet-Sweet-Scot-Scan-Amsterdam. <laughs> oh, this is going to be good. That was painful. <laughs> I thought it was somewhere that started with an S. <laughs> it is not. So we're going to learn about the Icelandic Phallological Museum. Phallological. Yes. It is probably, this is from their website, probably the only museum in the world to contain a collection of phallic specimens belonging to all the various types of mammals found in a single country. Wow. Right. Wait, all? All. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. This museum's really cool. It is really cool. <laughs> wow. Okay. Mind blown. Sorry. Note to self, get Tiffany a thesaurus. <laughs> I okay. have a friend who went there. Really? Yeah. It's the same friend, isn't it? No. The friend you're thinking of, Wine and Shoes, went to the sex museum. And is Amsterdam. it not the same thing? I'm no, ace. No, no, no. I don't know how these things work. No, sorry. She went to, I think she went to both museums. Well, I'm I, it, I'm referring to a different friend. But okay. either way, jealousy. All right. Um, the Icelandic Phallological Museum is really cool. Contains a collection of more than 200 penises and penile parts belonging to almost, or to all the land and sea mammals that can be found in Iceland. Visitors to the museum will encounter 55 specimens belonging to 16 different kinds of whales, one specimen taken from a rogue polar bear, 36 specimens. Why, did, why did they specify a rogue a polar rogue bear? Polar I don't bear. know. Maybe their penises are different. And 36 specimens belonging to seven different kinds of seals and walrus. And more than 115 specimens originating from 20 different kinds of land mammals all in all, a total of more than 200 specimens belonging to 46 different kinds of mammals, including that of the Homo sapien. Huh. Are we learning about other museums, too, or just this one? We're learning about other ones, but this is my favorite. That's so. a, lot of, a lot of penis. It's a lot of schlong. I don't know how I feel about that. Okay. I feel so. indifferent. <laughs> Valid. <laughs> So a little bit about the founder and most of what you're going to be learning today is coming from the websites of the museums, but a little bit of other stuff sprinkled in. The founder in 1974 
was gifted a bull's penis. I will never get you that. That is a rude statement. <laughs> you, you, you don't like taxidermy. I don't. That's taxidermy. I'm changing my mind a lot lately. You As can't you have grow- your cake. I'm getting you a t-shirt that says I can't have, <laughs> have my, my cake and eat it too. Um, are wet specimens considered taxidermy? Is it a wet specimen? The one he was gifted was not, but most of the ones in the museum are. Well, I was just curious because we could get her a wet specimen of a penis. Would that be better? Yes. You want a moist specimen. What? <laughs> I do because whenever they're dried out, they shrivel it's up. Smaller. Yeah, but imagine accidentally knocking that over. You get oh. it in a sealed vessel that's that's made of glass. Yes, or plastic. Well, okay. So when the founder was a child, see, quote, as a child, I was sent into the countryside during summer vacations, and there I was given a pizzle as a whip for the animals. A pizzle is a a bull, a bull penis. Wait, wait, <laughs> hold up. A pizzle is called a bull, or a bull's penis is called a pizzle, and they used those as whips for the animals. How big How, are they? <laughs> oh, bull's penis can be very large. That doesn't answer my question because, like, again, a barnacle has the largest penis. In, in comparison to body. its body. Yeah. But that doesn't tell me how big it actually is. Well, I see Ashley Googling. So I'm going to let her come up with that answer. But when he received this, he was the headmaster of a secondary school. So this is a teacher, a principal for us across or on this side of the pond. Okay. Why has it got to be in centimeters? It says it's three to four centimeters in diameter and 80 to 100 centimeters in length. Ah, that's a large penis. That's a what, long, what, long. What is it in length? <laughs> What's the length? Uh, I'm bo- 39 inches. <laughs> it's a long, long. That's a yard. That's a lot. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's three feet and some change. I've never felt sympathy for cows. That's three feet and what most guys think is six inches. <laughs> wow. That's a big dick. Yeah. I know. It makes sense why he's using it as a whip. Yeah. Right? So because of this, like he gets this puzzle and everybody's like, oh, good fun. Remind you of your childhood. Well, then they started bringing him um, whale penises supposedly to tease him for the pizzle that they brought him earlier and then after a while he just started like collecting more and more penises he needs new friends i think he has great friends so you know take note i say that but you guys are amazing at gift giving never mind so along with all of the penises that he has from iceland he also has like a varied collection from other sources that's incredibly vague it's a varied collection from other sources that tells me nothing. So, like, it's not just Iceland. There are 24, quote-unquote, folklore specimens. and Unicorn penis. And over 50 foreign ones. So he also has, when you walk in, the walls are decorated with dried well penises mounted on plaques, penis-themed art, which most of the stuff they have, they're very keen on saying, like, this is not just you know it's funny we have penises everywhere but it's supposed to be the study or the science behind penises and like studying them not Mm -hmm. just like tiffany thinks penises are funny so she's gonna walk into a room full of penises but they do have some artwork and things like uh they've got a lamp and the lampshade is made from the foreskin of a whale you're okay with that fact i mean you know ashley's not (laughs) There's a bow tie that he, the old curator used to have. 
that is shaped like a penis made from the foreskin of a whale, I believe. Mm -hmm. These poor whales. So they've got an art piece. It's a sculpture of the silver medal winning Icelandic Olympic handball team's penises. What? They've got a picture of the Icelandic uh, handball team's, like uh, the handball team. And underneath it, they've got molds of penises. Why? Why not? No, that's not the question. Oh, I'm sorry. The lampshade was his... Did I say it was his foreskin? It's the dried bull scrotum. No, you said it was a whale's foreskin, not his foreskin. Oh, okay. The lampshade... No, the, the bow tie was the bull's... Or the whale's foreskin. The lampshade was dried bull scrotums. What, I don't what like part this. of Etsy do you go to to find these? <laughs> don't send links. I will block you. The museum's largest specimen is from a sperm whale, and it's nearly six feet tall, weighs about 150 pounds, and is kept in a giant glass tank bolted to the floor. Are you okay with that fact? Uh, kinda, but just know that's the tip of the whale's full penis. It couldn't be transported intact when the creature died, and it was originally about 16 feet long, weighing up to 700 pounds. Are you okay with that fact? No. 16 feet long! And where does it go when it's not? I have so many questions. So back in the folklore section, they have penises of elves, water horses, an Icelandic sea monster, a merman, and a zombie-like bull. Here for all of those. When he was asked about the empty jar labeled Homo sapiens invisibilis, he said, what, you can't see it? It's right there. (laughs) Nerd. He does have a homo sapien penis there. So he was very disappointed when he got this. The gentleman died at the age of 95. And um, he was all excited about having the penis because the guy was a famous womanizer. But the, let's see, quote, postpartum penectomy did not go well. Instead of being removed and sewn up shortly after death, it was allowed to shrivel. And the already age shrunken penis wasn't properly sewn up. In the glass tube floating in formaldehyde, it's an unrecognizable something mesh of flesh rather than an orderly compact shaft. So he's a not very mesh happy. mesh of flesh. Mm-hmm. Mess of flesh. Sorry. Can't you like, I would imagine you could put like a rod or something in it to. Well, he has, as of, I think this was 2013 when this one article was written, he had three donation letters hanging on the wall, one from a German, one from an American, and one from a Brit, who have all offered to donate their penises when they die. In 2002, Iceland's National Hospital gave him the foreskin of a 40-year-old Icelander who had an emergency adult circumcision. So that's there, too. The hospital gave it to him? Mm-hmm. I hope there was some patient consent involved there. <laughs> the hospital wasn't just like, we don't know. Why would you need an emergency circumcision? Let's la- let's not Google that. So in this museum, we have... Okay, I can't find all the different specimens, but I know they have a section where there's a microscope set up and you have to like... Or not a microscope. A telescope? Magnifying glass. And you can look at a hamster bone penis and it's their smallest... Um, uh, what's it called? Specimen. specimen. Thank you. A bone penis? A hamster bone penis penis apparently hamsters have bone penises so that's the icelandic penis museum it's roughly ten dollars to get in and a lot of great reviews on it i want to go so badly it's my favorite 
Well, add Iceland to the list. Oh, I will. Now we're going to... Did I say they were in Amsterdam earlier? You did. Yes. And I was very confused about that when you started talking about Iceland. But I was going to yeah. let it roll because I don't geography. Okay. Apparently, I don't either. How far are the Netherlands and Iceland from each other? We have a map. Really tiny to read. They're in the same general hemisphere. Hemisphere, right? I don't know. <laughs> there are only two hemispheres. Yeah, they're in the same general <laughs> hemisphere. <laughs> then yes, they should be in the same hemisphere. You're being vague about the vague. Okay, so I was wrong earlier. Wine and Shoes has been to the next museum I'm going to tell you about. Are these Not all penis the museums? One. Next museum. The Venus Temple or the Sex Museum of Amsterdam. So this is from the website. Welcome to the world's first and oldest sex museum, the Venus Temple in Amsterdam, a leading museum in the field of sensual love with an extensive collection of erotic images, paintings, objects, recordings, photos, and even attractions. Everything's been collected by the owner and is exhibited in their 17th century building in Damrik, on Damrik. Yeah. Place has been open since 1985, and he has... I'm sorry, the curator collected things from the 19th century. And when he started, he just had a few, but it took off because most people are very intrigued by the notion of sex and very curious about it. And this is in, this one's in Amsterdam, you said? This one is in Amsterdam. So they shouldn't have been shocked that it caught on because it's, quote, the most natural thing in the world and may also be, quote, the most historic thing in the world, which is... You know, a valid statement. As his collection grew, he had to involve or incorporate new spaces. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And during one of the first renovations, two erotic objects were found between the foundations. How cool is that? Like you have a sex museum and as you're like, okay, we're going to build it or like take this, break this down to build it back up and you find stuff. There was a fragment of a Delft blue tile depicting a card playing man with an erection and a small antique bronze Hermes figure with an enormous member. The statue turned out to have been taken hundreds of years ago by a Dutch merchant from the Mediterranean. How did they track that? Forensics. (laughs) (laughs) Science. Magic. Magic. They probably just tracked it whoever owned the property or the house last and then I don't know. So their museum is kind of a labyrinth. It is, quote, the collection is exhibited in two back houses, a front house and a self-designed stairwell that connects the spaces. The result is an exciting labyrinth of rooms and corridors, which time and again provide the visitor with surprising insights. This, together with the increasingly extensive collection of objects from different cultures and eras, provides everyone with hours of viewing and listening pleasure. Listening to what? Well, I'm sure they've got like lectures and videos. You know how when you walk through the museum, you've got like little videos playing that you can tell you about the art? Yeah. I'm sure they've got stuff like that. A self-guided tour? Yeah. The sex museum? Yeah. Who would you have to get to voice that? Morgan Freeman. I would let him lull me. That wasn't the question. Okay. Morgan Freeman is still the answer. So I couldn't find much on it outside of the website that was very flattering. A lot of the reviews were like, it's just a bunch of mannequins and pornography. But what what did you expect? Uh, One thing said it was more pornographic instead of historical, but it's the Museum of Sex. There's going to be some pornographic stuff there. It's like somebody saying that the Museum of Death is too macabre for them. We'll get there. 
Ooh. Yeah. Foreshadowing. Ooh. No, really, that's just one of the things that's not foreshadowing. <laughs> and if you want to go there, it's roughly $25 to get in US dollars. So I still want to go, even though they didn't seem, it didn't seem that great from the reviews, but I still want to do it. Also, there are lots of mannequins and mannequins really freak me out. Like on the first floor, when you walk in, there's this mannequin that flashes you. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's cool. You'd be fine with it. I did find out that all you had to do is take a quick plane ride over the North Sea, Ireland and England to get to Amsterdam. So hop, skip and a jump. Oh, well, if that's all, I'm sure it's pretty cheap, too. Oh, for sure. Okay, I'm sure cool. there's not going to be any issues with travel over there or anything. Mm, definitely not right now. International Cryptozoology Museum. <gasps> Ooh, I don't know what that means, but it sounds fun. Right? <laughs> uh, this is one that I'm pretty sure Rebecca would be into. Would cryptozoology. You go- yes. Would you go see a cryptozoology museum with It us? depends. Okay. I don't trust you right now. No, this is a good one. This is in Portland, Maine. And let's see, cryptozoology is the study of hidden or unknown animals, and you have discovered the world's only cryptozoology museum. Uh, They have a wide range of exhibits from rare, one-of-a-kind scientific zoological specimens to popular cultural homages to the relevant anthropological and psychological acknowledgments of the sightings and folk traditions to be found within hominology and cryptozoology. Bigfoot. Yes, all that to say, Bigfoot is part of that. A big, big part of that. Uh, big part. Uh, they've got exhibits about cryptids beyond Bigfoot and Nessie. They have displays about the finds of living fossils and other classic animals of discovery. It's like the, uh, I don't know how to say this word, Kalakinmyth? Probably mm-hmm. not. Um, it's a giant fish. That was considered a cryptid, but then they found proof of its existence, and it's actually their logo. That's cool. Hmm. Uh, They have a five and a half foot long life-size model, the first one taken off of Africa in 1938. Taken off of Africa? Off the coast Just like the whole country? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bloop. I mean, it's five and a half feet long. You can, like, that covers a very, very tiny dot. (laughs) <laughs> insignificant dot of africa i was about to say you've seen a map before right we have two in the studio <laughs> only one of which has africa it's fine <laughs> <laughs> so some of those specimens they have are an actual hair sample of an abominable snowman bigfoot yowie and orange pendic a letter from the actor jimmy stewart is on display as he's linked to the uh, Yeti hand mystery. Fecal matter matter from a small Yeti. And they've been featured on three television series. Three? Yes, in search of Monster Quest, Mysteries at the Museum. A footprint cast is taken in 2001 during a thylacin. Thylacin? Does anybody know what kind of cryptid that is? We'll look it up. (laughs) It's among the other... Or is among the over 10,000 items on exhibit. So this is one place that I definitely want to go to. For I get down to go to Portland. Their primary mission is, quote, to educate, inform, and share cryptozoological evidence, artifacts, replicas, and popular cultural items with the general public, media, students, scholars, and cryptozoologists from around the world. We fall into the general public part yeah. of that category. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, we do. It's $10 to visit, and 
on their website, I thought this was really cool and it made me happy. It said, realizing that cryptozoology is a gateway science for many young people's future interest in biology, zoology, wildlife studies. They have a lot of really long sentences on their website, but basically they were like, people like this, it gets them into actual I don't want to say actual sciences because other sciences. Thank you. And they said that this museum is filling an educational, scientific, and natural history niche in learning. And it made me happy. That is neat. Yeah. So Portland, Maine is added to the list. Now, this is one that we've all been to. The Death Museum. Museum of Death. 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 They have had two locations one in new orleans and one in san diego the one in san diego is being moved and redone so right now they only have one as we record this yes as we record this hurricane ida just recently went through there and on their website they said they are currently closed obviously absolutely Um, so they are kind of tucked away so maybe they didn't sustain too much damage yes that would be nice so the world famous museum of death was founded in june of 1995 and they wanted the founders jd healy and kathy schultz decided to fill the void in death education and made death their life's work the museum was originally located in san diego's first mortuary oh yeah how cool is that that's really neat yes i was wrong it is now in Hollywood, but that's the one that's being moved. The Museum of Deaths, the world's largest collection of serial killer artwork, antique funerals, stuff. <laughs> that's a really big word. Mortician and coroner's instruments. Manson family. Memorabilia? No, no. not memorabilia. Paraphernalia? Ephemeria? Ephemera? Is it that big? It's is just it big hard. <laughs> Is it big or is it just hard? <laughs> that was our Wrong first museum. museum. <laughs> they have Manson family memorabilia, pet death taxidermy, crime scene photographs, and so much more. And it's so cool. Yes. We went to it when we went to Pride in New Orleans in 2019, and it was a blasty blast. It's a self-guided tour that lasts about 45 minutes to an hour, but it says if you can stomach it, you may stay as long as you want. There were some sections I had to kind of skip past like the um child casket and the like death carts and all for the kids i'm like a baby when it comes to non-sterile environments to blood and i was okay with it yeah no it was really cool like towards the end of the new orleans one as you're like getting close to the exit they have a section on cannibalism and i thought that was really cool and the shrunken heads i do believe there were crime scene photos in the bathroom so maybe be aware of that yeah that did catch me off guard a little bit but and on the way to the bathroom, they they're like showing movie reels of footage from footage crime and scenes stuff. and yeah investigations. But it was really cool. And let's see, there's no age limit for the Museum of Death because death affects us all. However, we strongly recommend the museum only for mature audiences. So maybe don't bring your five year old. Maybe. No. Well, and particularly the one in New Orleans, they are in a pretty small space, yeah. so it was very tight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not like uncomfortably tight it just might be fun getting a stroller and keeping a five-year-old little touching things yes my favorite part of it was the shrunken heads and the cannibalism part but i also really liked the letters from jail for all the serial killers that was pretty interesting i think we talked about it in whatever episode it was that we talked about our trip to new orleans but somewhere in there gave me like not so good vibes at all crazy shocker (laughs) so sorry (laughs) No, no, I mean, like, a, I it's, it's a museum of death. Uh, yeah, I was looking. I know we have at least one postcard on the wall from there. 
We've got Kevorkian over here and Applewhite over there. No one can see what you're doing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's about $15 <laughs> to visit. It's also worth it. Uh, for Very sure. worth it. And they have, even if you don't go into the museum, museum part, their gift shop is pretty sweet. Yeah, an awesome place to stop by if you need to do your Christmas shopping, which you should do now. Yeah. Because yeah. supply lines aren't getting better. PSA over. Stickers and shirts and really, really cool pins. Mm-hmm. We have, have a bunch of like... Um, this is really... Artwork. Was it the Black Dahlia that was in half? Yes. yes. They had a set of pins of the Black Dahlia, <laughs> which did. I thought was awesome, but I didn't get. Yes. Um, we have a uh, Heaven's Gate away team patch around here somewhere. There it is, hanging on our cork jar that we got there. All right. Next museum that you are all going to want to visit, the National Pooh Museum. Sounds like a shithole. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, from the website, the National Pew... No. Pew. Pew, pew. <laughs> the National Pooh Museum exists to safely explore the amazing world of poo. Safely explore. Yes. Okay. Let me skip around real quick. As in, like, you won't get diseases from going inside. The feces are displayed in resin spheres where it can be viewed and held. So it's like a crystal ball with poop in it. Cool. It's How do they do that really without cool. getting it to distort? Um, let's see. They, the like... process involves drying the poop, which can take up to two weeks, before it's encapsulated and placed in a vacuum chamber so all the air bubbles are remo- removed. I don't know about this one. I want to go. It's off of the Isle of Wight in the UK, so we can go to the UK. I'm down for that. Perfect. Through their unique collection and displays, they use quirkiness and family-friendly humor to break their poo taboo and engage, entertain, and inform the visitors. So, it's magnificent. True that small children naturally delight in the idea of poo. We all know they'll make poop jokes and stories of plenty given the chance. Soon enough, though, us grown-ups teach them not to talk about it and to avoid the subject as much as possible. I have had this conversation with my daughter for about a month straight because yeah. her favorite thing to talk about is butts and poop. And now I kind of feel bad about it. We don't want to shame. Let's talk about poop. Uh, we just had corn, so we'll have lovely talks about it tomorrow. Oh, Jesus. So their thought process is poo is literally everywhere. Our planet's thin organic outer layer is practically made of poo. Ew. Yeah. I don't like that. Well, think about it. It's true. Talk about dirt. Well, just everything, like dirt and minerals and poo. Poo and... I mean, poo's a part of it, but... The main uh, aim of the museum is to break down the taboo surrounding poo and human life. And the museum is hoping to do this by receiving donations of poo from celebrities. Celebrity poo! I don't know. I can't get... I'd be worried about, like, cloning if someone had my poo. Can you extract DNA from poo? Yes. I feel like you can. You can. I just don't know about the whole, you know, drying and then vacuum sealing and then resin pouring, how well that well, preserves Well, no, after it. it's processed, you probably couldn't get anything viable from it. I'm sure you could. I mean, the government about- already has our DNA. It's fine. Especially if you did like a 23andMe. I did. Yeah, what they got you it. You're, you're getting cloned. Well, I'm also not a celebrity. Nobody wants to clone me. The fr- I would clone you. The frozen dinosaurs that they're extracting stuff from. Yeah. Mammoths? Yeah. Like, if they can get that from there, you can get something from dried poop. It's fine. No, that's not the same thing. It's fine. You want to know about some of the displays they have? Do they have the world's largest poo? 
No, that's in the Mütter Museum, right? No, that's, well, that's that, the colon. Lord Lodge is colon, and Tiffany has not donated any samples. I have not. I will work on that. They had an event called Poo at the Zoo. They took 20 excrements belonging to different animals and put them on display, including the Lesser Madagascan Tenric, the Tawny Owl, Lion, Meerkat, Cow, Fox, Human Baby, 38 million year old poo, a 140 million year old coprolite, a poo with teeth and bones in it, a poo that looks like a cereal bar, a child's shoe, which had which a cat has marked by pooing in it. <laughs> Who does that? Who goes, my cat pooped in my child's shoe? Let's give it to Here a museum. museum. I don't know. Maybe it was somebody who worked at the museum and was like, <sighs> oh, well, at but least I can take this to work. We had a space to the left of the baby poo that needed filling. So now there's cat poo and a baby shoe. The next Dr. Seuss book. (laughs) (laughs) So National Poo Museum, I think, would be kind of cool to go to. But I know this next one, Ashley is going to want to go to. Are you going for shits and giggles? (laughs) (laughs) You're so funny. (laughs) Okay. (sighs) Tell me. Back to Amsterdam. Okay. Are you ready to go to the Torture Museum? Yes. I mean... That could be interesting. The museum layout is of a maze of small dark rooms. Each room houses one or two torture devices. Some are behind glass, but many are situated in the room and can be touched. (gasps) That's haunted as fuck. (laughs) Each device is accompanied with an enlarged image from an old book or an article featuring that device in use and a description of that device and how and why it was used. The dark lighting and theatrical design of the museum lighten the otherwise somber mood. So some of the things you might see there. You've got the guillotine, racks and stocks, thumb screws, and a flute of shame. I had never heard of a flute of shame. A flute of shame. That's just me on New Year's Eve. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I need to, I meant to look up the flute of shame beforehand. The medieval flute of shame was used to punish bad musicians in the Middle Ages. <laughs> oh, they were forced to wear the flute while being paraded around town so the public could throw rotten food and vegetables at them. And it has like neck thing that you strap around. Huh. I uh, know. Isn't that cool? I don't get the point of it. Just to make them. Have you been to a bad concert? Yeah, who did we go see that was so awful that we left? <laughs> oh, Smashing Stone, Pumpkins. Sm- I always want to say Stone Temple. It was Stone Temple Pilots. No, I've never left a concert before pumpkins in my did life. did not put on a good show. So now do you guys see why the flute of shame is a thing? No, I just <laughs> Shame. Other objects include the Iron Maiden, Skull Crusher, Judas Chair, Catherine Wheels, and Scold's Bridal. Uh, some are of genuine and antique, but many are modern reconstructions from old texts or books. Surprisingly, though, there were very few good reviews for this. Oh, no. I know. So we should go and check it out and see for ourselves. Okay? I'm down. Next one. This is in Barcelona. Oh, Barcelona. My parents have been there. I'm jealous. Yeah, they left me at my grandmother's. <laughs> just you or the other ones the other two were too. the other ones around <laughs> you guys ready to hear about the museum of funeral carriages of funeral carriages yeah oh yeah this is they do the like super specific no those are caskets yeah those are caskets honey okay carry on okay <laughs> 
Ran by the company responsible for the city cemeteries, the Museum of Funeral Carriages in Barcelona is a sight we all need to see. It may have also inspired me to change my funeral plans. I oh God. refuse to be in a hearse. I need a funeral carriage to carry my cremated remains across the street somewhere. Okay, noted. Okay, just making sure. We're getting a sparkly box at like Michael's, right? <laughs> We'll, we'll craft one. We'll put flamingos when on it. When we become like little old ladies, we'll just all craft our own. Do you know how much glitter box. I have right now? I do, actually. <laughs> I'll save it for your funeral. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't touch that box. <laughs> um. So these things look like whenever um you see like the Princess Diana's funeral, mm-hmm. that gigantic, beautiful carriage that her casket was in. It's those kinds of things. It kind of looks like Cinderella's pumpkin carriage. Oh, can I be putting a pumpkin? Oh, be putting a pumpkin. Right. I'll put you in a pumpkin and then pumpkin chunk you. Oh, that could be fun. How much fun would that be? I'm okay with it. And then yeah. you could haunt the catapults. Yes. <laughs> Every-, Every time I see a catapult messing up now, I'm going to be like, you're haunted. <laughs> How often do you see catapults messed up? Have you seen the pumpkin junking competitions of Discovery? Say, you don't see um at the pumpkin patch up here. They have a catapult. Did not know that. Changing my plans. Uh, <laughs> created in 1970, the collection comprises 13 beautifully ornate funeral carriages, six coaches designed to carry the relatives to the church and ceremony cemetery. As well as three motor hearses. When you go visit this, you also have an opportunity to explore their library. And it's next to the Museum of Funeral Carriages. They have the most important funeral library in Spain and the second most influential on the continent, featuring an outstanding collection of over 3,600 publications and bibliographic materials devoted to funeral customs of various civilizations. That's a lot of funeral books. Yeah. I want to go so bad. And it used to be housed under a funeral home. I don't think it is anymore. That'd be even cooler. And they parade them down this beautiful stretch of gorgeousness in Barcelona at night. It's, uh, I want to go so bad. Like from the museum they do? Or this yeah. is like part of their funeral process there? For the museum. Just kind of like showing them off. Taking them out for the stroll. Gotta walk our carriages before bedtime. Yeah, I definitely want to be in a funeral carriage. An ornate one. Just FYI. Horse drawn? I mean, that would be ideal, but, you know, do what you can with the time you have allotted. Okay. Seriously? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you're right. Horses are necessary. (laughs) I do like how we both talked about our funerals. Rebecca's like, I'll make sure that happens because she's just boldly assuming that she's going to outlive both of us and finally have a moment of peace again. Are you doing anything with your lives that would prove me wrong? No. Don't act offended. (laughs) Also, let's be real. She's going to kill us all. Okay. I thought you were about to bring up the five years for Mark again. (laughs) Yeah, probably. But then she wouldn't be planning our funeral. Got to keep up appearances. Touche. All right. Now, this last museum looks really cool, but unfortunately, it is permanently closed. I saw that on quite a few museums I wanted to look into, and I think a lot of these smaller ones had to do with the, you know, situation in the world right now. Yeah. Go to museums, guys. Yes, please. Stop going to bars. They're crowded. Go to museums. Porque no les dos. They're cooler 
And at least your Tinder date will have a story. True. Start at the museum. And if they stick the around, maybe they're interesting. I don't know how Tinder works. Um, if your Tinder date takes you to the Vampire Museum in France, then you've got a cool Tinder date. Except for it's closed, so they would have to have some major strings to pull. True. Well, okay, so it was owned and operated by Jacques Sergent, and it's a one-room like cabinet of curiosities in his like the back of his house. So you wouldn't have to pull Goals. that many strings. Goals. <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca just wants a cabinet of curiosities That's, that people pay to come see. That just needs to be my house. Yes. Cabinet of curiosities. So when Rebecca dies, we'll put her in a cabinet of curiosities. Uh, no, Viking funeral. We'll put her toe in a cabinet of curiosities. Perfect. Before and we have people it. take shots. Yes. Whatever, whatever part we can gather after the Viking funeral. Perfect. So uh, you go to get to this museum you have a black and scarlet door leading into this guy's like back of his house. You have to go into a creepy garden that he's got set up mimicking a cemetery. There are plastic bats and human remains attached to trees. Ooh, spooky. Because that's how that works. So the owner is a former teacher, but he was really into like vampires and demonology and things of the such. He is... A specialist of the macabre, and he opened the Museum of Vampires and Legendary Creatures as a, quote, visual manifestation of his dedicated research on vampirism, esotericism, and occidental folklore. Occidental? Yes. I looked that up to make sure it wasn't a misspelling of accidental. (laughs) (laughs) It's a real word. What does it mean? Uh, I believe it's like Western culture. Okay. So it his collection is basically all of these things that throughout time he was like, ooh, I like this. It's vampire related or he's got like rare texts, demonology and dogma stuff. He's got, I believe every actor who's ever played Dracula, he's got their autographs nice. hanging up. He's got like werewolf masks and... All this, like, anything. So it's kind of like the um, vampire boutique that we went to. Yes. it When he did tours, it was by appointment only. You would come in and you'd sit on this red velvet couch and he would tell you about all the stuff and then, like, give you a history of vampires. And the way he sees vampires is, like, they're the good guys of the world because they're gifting you an eternal life and, like, you have to ask permission to go into their houses so like they're very kind and they've just been painted as these they have to ask permission to go into your house yes did i say that wrong you said you have to ask permission to go into their houses well you should it's rude not to excuse me dracula do you mind if i enter he's got vampire killing kits um hammer film collectibles dracula toys antique books that might turn into dust if you touch them Art, <laughs> literature, popular myths, and just a bunch of really cool... If you look at his like pictures of the place online, it looks like... If you turned it all into Backstreet Boys, it looked like what my middle school room looked like. It's just a cluttered mess of... Why you gotta compare Backstreet Boys and vampires? Because she's attracted to both. Yes. Touche. Mm-hmm. So that's what I have on museums that we all need to go to and see. And we've added Barcelona, Amsterdam, Iceland, and Maine. France to and our <laughs> and Maine to our list of places to go. 
I'm down. I'm here for it. We cool. go back to New Orleans too. Yeah, absolutely. I have a ton of other museums uh, that we'll cover one day, but those were my favorites. So. Perfect. Yeah. Sorry, I started off with the penis and sex museums. No, you're not. But I hoped you enjoyed the others. Yeah. With her cheesy smile. Don't hate me. Don't hate me, but I really want to go to the Phallological Museum. I'm sure you do. They have pictures of people standing next to the whale penis and like, it dwarfs them. It dwarfs them. It's six feet. Okay, so they had pictures of shorter people standing beside them. And it's not even the entire thing. Oh, no. And they've got like mounted peni on the wall just like flopping out of the wall well they've got them some of them are flopping some of them are like taxidermied stiff it's pretty cool look it up we'll go okay all of us it'll be great big field trip you planning you paying you paying you planning she's she's doing neither no yeah no i am along for the ride I'm just going to be like, yo, you going? I'll hop in your suitcase. I'm here for it. Mm -hmm. Well, alrighty then. On that note, remember, friends, everyone has something that they find odd. Let us tell you why it's not. If you have any questionable topics you'd like us to discuss, you can share them with us on any of our social medias. Links can be found on our website, theladiesestrange.com, or you can email them to us at theladiesestrange at gmail.com. Please go to museums. They're cool. They're so cool. Uh, Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you think we're doing a great job and want to support the show, tell your friends about us or subscribe, rate, and review. Or join our Discord and become our friends. Please, I like making new friends. (laughs) And keep it strange, lovelies. Goodbye. Bye. For now.